Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit dronelaw.pro where Part 107 pilots become Part 107 professionals. Here's your host, drone attorney Enrico Schaefer. Welcome to Drone Law Pro Radio and this edition of From the Ground Up where we interview real drone pilots, real drone service providers making it happen in the field as commercial drone service companies and and drone pilots making making a difference on the ground as this new and emerging market continues to grow. Today we are fortunate to have the co-owners of Kiva Creative, which is a company that is specializing in documentary filmmaking and doing uh, adding drones to their service uh, offerings, getting those drone shots to add to the other footage that they're capturing and offering uh, really good high quality uh, output to their to their customers. Today we've got Terry Brown and Cher Brown who are co-owners of Kiva Creative and they uh, are really at the beginning of their business model in many ways but they've got big plans. They're making it happen right now, doing drone services for real customers, getting paid for it, and generating some really interesting footage. And you can go to their website, kivacreative.com, K-E-V-A, creative.com. They've got a great website, and you can really see how much skill they bring in cinematography and photography uh, to the table, because the work on their website shows that there's a lot of thought and a lot of expertise going into the footage that uh, that they're producing for customers. I love what they've got on their website. It says, we don't just reach people. We move them through compelling and inspiring visual stories. As a video production and documentary film company, Kiva Creative believes powerful visuals evoke emotions that drive deeper and more profound engagement. And so you can see here is yet another example of a drone service company that's really adding drones to what is a broader, more compelling business model. And in this case, the business model is video production and documentary filmmaking. And uh, Kiva Creative is doing that at a very high level. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Cher Brown, who's one of the co-owners with her, her husband of Kiva Creative. Welcome to the show, Cher. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. Good. Why don't you tell us a little bit before we get to Terry? Why don't we t- uh, go through a little bit of your background? And as I understand it, you're actually uh, one of the Part 107 pilots there, and and that makes it really interesting because you're one of the very few women Part 107 pilots we've got in the business. And of course, everyone's looking to grow the uh, the the demographics here and to bring more women into the commercial space. So tell us a little bit about your background background and how it is that you came to uh, to be a co-founder of Kiva Creative. Um, I started about, I'm going to say 12 years ago uh, with professional photography. Um, I That was something I did as a hobby. And uh, while I was still in the corporate world and had a lot of fun with it, but it's it's definitely my area of passion, especially anything nature, I'm there. Um, when we had learned about 
the possibility of getting a drone and what some of those images were, um, I really, I became fascinated. Um, I am part 107 certified. I'm really proud to be part of the small minority of women who really do see the opportunities that we have. Um, we're on the ground floor right now, and there's so much so much room here, especially for other women. So um, I'm, I'm hoping somebody's listening who may be on the fence, not sure where to go and how to do it. But um, believe me, you can um, get online. You can connect with other women. They're open. They're receptive. Um, so that's basically how I got started. It was not anticipated that I would be the pilot in our family, but um, it's kind of how it all worked out. And I'm thrilled. I couldn't be more happy. So a couple of things that you said, which I find really um, important. One is you use the word passion. And I talked to hundreds, thousands of drone pilots through the years, and some of them call and they say, hey, you know, I, I want to get in on this, this, you know, new, this new thing. I want to launch a drone service business. And when we get to the question of why, sometimes the answer is more about the drone rather than the underlying business model, the underlying activity. You brought passion for photography in as your foundational element to want to be involved in this business. And and I always tell these drone pilots, if you do not bring something to the table more than a drone, your chance of success is, is really low. Now, you've got expertise in photography, and of course, that's what drones do. They capture great photographs and video. And I think that that, you know, obviously is just one of many tools you bring to the table uh, in, in order to do the work, in order to come up with the finished product. How important do you think passion was to your ability to kind of get Kiva Creative off the ground and get it to where it is right right today? Well, passion is the thing that actually fuels this business and our dreams, where we want to go, our goals, everything is built around our passion where it carries a this outstanding gifted writer um he's also a photographer that's how we we both kind of got involved with all this drone stuff because through our photography but if you don't have a burning passion and desire um it's going to feel like you're working a job um we wake up in the morning and we couldn't be happier and more fulfilled in our lives because we're working in an area that fulfills our need to express ourselves artistically and we do that it this is this is definitely uh, an area that we have passion in that drives us that keeps us going yeah we represent founders in tech in the tech space and have since 1992 and so we totally get that as well as we deal with all these thousands of different business models drone non-drone business models that come through our our law office you know it's sometimes hard to predict based on the idea who's going to make it it's much easier to predict based on the founders passion for their idea as to whether or not they're going to be successful and some of the biggest flyer ideas that ever came to our office uh, that have ended up being you know companies worth millions and tens of millions of dollars they got there based on the strength of the passion of the person who is executing executing the business model so uh, Terry 
uh, let's talk a little bit about your prior background. I mean, Cher mentioned that <laughs> that you know you're in at the ground floor, which I try and emphasize all the time. Is this is still a new and emerging market, and there's very limited market demand. We're waiting for the phones to start ringing off the hook like a regular business, uh, and that's just not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time for customers to realize the possibilities and to want to proactively without you having to tell them what a good idea uh, the use of a drone might be for their purpose, uh, that they're actually seeking that out. So what's your background, Terry, that you brought to the table in in launching Kiva Creative? I think one of the main things to remember is an evolutionary process. And that's kind of what, you know, from my standpoint, I started studying this way back in the 70s when things were still uh, pre-digital and had a, a career in uh, business and then that translated into a career a second career in journalism public relations and corporate communications and it was during that journalism um stint that i started doing multimedia journalism beyond just the writing and the photography and it got me back involved with the film work um, in the digital world. And that just opened my eyes to a whole new vision of what was possible from a creative standpoint. And it really helped evolve my storytelling skills. And as I continued uh, through the public relations aspect and then into corporate communications, I had the opportunity to work with one of the largest hospice organizations in the country and to be able to be their lead storyteller and to move that storytelling from text-based to a visual-based through our documentary film work, um, I I had the opportunity to, to lead that. And that naturally progressed into, um, Creative being formed in January of 2017, and at that time, I was still involved in the corporate process. Cher had left her corporate job, and so we kind of put it on her shoulders to help build the business or lift the business off the ground, and one of those things that we kind of blindly did was during my my corporate work, realizing There was an opportunity to add a visual element from an aerial standpoint, even within the hospice industry, that would really differentiate what we were trying to do. And so we, like I said, kind of naively bought a drone and had no clue what we were getting into. And I was in a position where once we did, we found out that there was this thing called Part 107 to be a commercial drone um, or a commercial pilot to be able to do the work that we were wanting to do. And I just wasn't in the position to to take it on. And thank God Cher went after it with, like you said, the passion that she had. Um, for the first, I would say, 10 years of our life, she never went anywhere without a camera. <laughs> it was just part of everything that we did. And once she put a drone up and she saw a different perspective, camera gets left behind now because 
the drone is with us constantly. That is truly where her passion has, has taken her. Terry, one of the things that you mentioned t- takes me by surprise, which is uh, the use of drones with regards to a hospice organization. And obviously we think of dirty and dull and dangerous jobs and how drones you know, are a better way to do those types of activities. On the other side of the coin is the fact that drones are a really good way to do something better visually storytelling etc but how in the world do you incorporate uh, drone footage uh, into work product provided to a hospice organization well I think first is it helps establish a sense of place and I think that that translates into just about every single thing that we do it it just really opens the doors to establish a sense of place and the other thing is, even though um, we use it a lot where it, it's safely, <laughs> but it's in as tight as we can safely get it, or handhold, which is another whole world for us, especially in the documentary film world. But to use that to either draw in, go toward, our subject to make it more intimate or to start intimate and pull out. It's all that visual storytelling. It's those things that, you know, we use cinematically that's been done, you know, with maybe dollies or, or, um, you know, some type of gimbal work in the past. Well, this opens up a whole new world. And I think one of the things that first, um, I don't know if you've seen the film, but it was a complete film done with an Inspire, and they used it both handheld and with flying it. And once I saw that behind-the-scenes footage, it opened up our whole world as to how to incorporate this beyond just the standard way of using a drone. And that's been especially important with our documentary film that we're currently working on. So we're using using our, our drone in a no-fly zone, and we're not flying our drone, but we are using it. Um, I used the Mavic Pro. I mounted it on a handheld stabilizer, and I can go all over that area without launching it and get this yummy visual footage, and it's a lot of fun. Um, It helps you develop new shots. Um, The creativity that you've used to up with all this new stuff. That's half the fun for us. You can see that um, on our website. Uh, We have a short piece about the documentary that we're working on, if you don't mind my going into that. No, not at all. But it's called the the film is called Equisferis, and it's about the wild horses of Shackleford Banks, and it's part of the Cape Lookout National Seashore. So we had to apply for a film permit and go through that whole approval process. But one of the stipulations was we could not launch a drone from the island. So really, you know, it was like, okay, well, instead of hindering us, how can we use that to our advantage? And that's what we've done with um, using it the way that we do on the island. 
Interesting. And, you know, documentary filmmaking obviously is 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 taking the idea of telling a story to, you know, to a level that I think we all can understand. You go to a documentary, there's a point. It's uh, some cases it's not so much a plot as it's it's telling the story that is already there. And as you integrate that approach with digital marketing campaigns and um, establishing a brand and story for your clients, you're really pushing and articulating what I think some drone service providers miss, which is it's not about flying the drone. It's not about getting an aerial shot of the house from above. If that's all the drone pilot is doing, then they're really missing the opportunity to tell a story and the brand could be a literal brand uh, you know a, a product name a company and the story behind that company or it could actually just be a a commercial property or residential property that you're that someone's trying to sell to attach a story a visual story to that can be extremely powerful why don't you talk a little bit about that aspect of of your business model which i think actually makes you um unique in the space well it really does and uh, that is it's on our business card we're not there as a video production company or even documentary filmmakers our business card states were visual storytellers and we incorporate that into every single aspect of everything that we do we also tell our clients up front when we um, talk about because there is definitely a demand for drone footage uh, our clients they want it they expect it um, but what we have to do up front is to manage their expectations and let them know that we, uh, through our creative flow, we're going to tastefully integrate those drone images into the storyline. It's not going to be a 15-minute drone video. It's going to be faithfully integrated drone footage that's going to be incorporated into your story. And I think it works better. Um, in fact, we always tell them less is more. You don't need a lot. You, just, you need the right shot, and, and there's a lot of thought that goes behind that. Um, we talk a little bit about our uh, pre-flight operations. I mean, that's, that's where the thought goes into all this. Yeah, let's... The more that we can do, man, that, I mean, that's a big part of being filmmakers. Your, your shoot, your filming, is going to go so much better and so much easier if you have all that pre-planning done in advance and we spend a great deal of time in creating shot lists and, and studying um, the, the scouting air, the area we look at angles of the sun best times of day um, where the sun is going to be at any point in time during that day and we just we incorporate all that information as well as all the pre-flight stuff that goes into operating the drone safely yeah. and ethically 
in a commercial so we are talking to Cher and Terry Brown from Kiva Creative and and we've already talked a bit about the how your pre part 107 experience the the expertise you already had when you started your drone company that you've incorporated into your drone service company so you know that that is something we're always evangelizing as well is just you need to have expertise beyond the drone even if it's just being one of the top drone pilots, and then you need to potentially partner with other people who have expertise in order to put together a product for the customer that's going to really be compelling, that's going to provide ROI. But what you guys uh, have just mentioned um, is really is really something that we talk a lot about from the safety standpoint, the nuts and bolts of pre-flight operations on specific types of operations and how pre-flight planning is is a big safety item. And I know you guys do that, but you've also mentioned something I think that sometimes gets overlooked, which is pre-flight operations is also the, the, the only way to thoughtfully get the shots you need with the lighting that's going to make it compelling at the right moment, the right time of day. And and if you're going to be getting that storytelling and the, that great shot as opposed to a shot, you need to really think about, about pre-flight operations. So just give us some nuts and bolts. You're going to do a shoot. Um, it's going to be a, a hospice. So you're going to do the facility. You're going to show people that this is a warm, caring facility, et cetera. Uh, what would be example? of a pre-flight operation that you would do in order to make sure you're getting that compelling footage? Well, let me change that just a tad into we're located on the lower part of the southern part of the Outer Banks, which means there's a lot of military operations that go on in this area. So with that in mind, for all of our clients, we definitely have to there's a lot of areas where you can't fly or there are times of the week that we can't fly so that's where share comes in and looks at not only the scouting aspects but goes in and, and looks at those nuts and bolts pieces that can allow us to, to fly in those areas right so and and sometimes you have to call um the military base, talk to somebody in the tower, find out when they're hot or they're cold. That's really important. You want to notify them you're flying in the area. If you have a regional airport, you're going to talk to them. Um, if I'm going uh, going back to your example, you said, let's say a hospice community wanted us to have some aerial shots and whatever. We would not wait until the day of the shoot. We're going to go there ahead of time. I'm going to launch my drone. I'm going, well, first of all, I'm going to clear it that, you know, I can fly in those areas. If not, I'm going to get the FAA approval. Um, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to actually launch my drone. I've actually personally had a situation where a regional airport, um, DJI, for some reason, designated a five-mile no-fly zone perimeter around it, even though the FAA said we could fly there. Unfortunately, we had to go back through the uh, DJI geofencing and, and have an unlock code that was customized for me so I can now fly in that area. I, I don't want to arrive on the day I'm supposed to be there and find out that 
something, a fluke happened, and now it's a no-fly zone. So that's part of our prep work. We're also going to scout the area, make sure there's no obstacles that are going to prevent me from launching and getting the type of shot that we want to get. Or if there are, what we need to do to work around those. Yeah, because we can maybe set it up a different way so and work with the client, you know, but, but just to let them know. But I, I never arrive blind. I, I'm fully prepared. Um, I'm probably over-prepared. But um, one last thing I want to I mention, I got one of those silly neon yellow vests that identify me as a professional or a certified drone pilot, I think that really helps with the crowd control because anytime you go out and you're flying, you're, you're going to attract people. Drones are a people magnet. So um, that, that sort of helps us to control that. Yeah, that's so true. And, and, and thinking, acting, speaking as professionals, that is the only way that drone service companies are going to get the professional level of pricing that of course the industry wants and when you've got the kid next door going out and flying a drone for cheap uh, and a customer that doesn't understand the difference between professional and non-professional services that doesn't understand the difference between the types of pre-flight activities that you guys do versus potentially a competitor who's just going to price it cheap and, and show up this is a continuing issue for the industry professional level of pricing, getting customers to understand the value. What is it that you guys do in order to communicate the types of, for instance, pre-flight planning operations that goes into your shoot in order to get the pricing that you need so that it starts to make sense? You know, and that is a huge obstacle because there are so many people that either are flying drones themselves, like uh, real estate agents, um, or they're not certified, but yet they provide commercial drone services. We're just shocked at the number of people that are yet out there. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that there's very little accountability built into the drone enforcement um, at this point in time, and hopefully that will change because I want the opportunity to bid on things. I, I want those jobs. Um, but it's an educational piece for us, and we have to have the conversation right up front. And we tell them, we pay, we, we have um, liability insurance to try to take the responsibility in the, uh, in the event of an accident off from you, and we'll assume all of that, because um, things, can people have no idea. Yeah, they don't. It's a constant education. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and and that's why I made a decision also to go into the classroom. I I do instructory drone courses because I want people to hear the information. I want them to hear everything the right way. I want them to know there's a process in place, and that every time you launch your drone and you put it up in the air. Responsibly with that, I'm going to be held accountable in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to have walk-up people coming up to my job site and questioning me on accidents that they've witnessed or irresponsible behavior by other pilots. It happens to me all the time. 
Yeah, it's funny that you know you've mentioned the the problem of 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 the customer, and I call it the customer problem. Customers for drone service uh, companies and their pilots, they just don't know enough to be able to understand all the different aspects of a, a, a drone operation, uh, the post-production work that goes in, um, all of the creative storytelling that you guys do as part of your drone uh, service uh, services that you provide. And until customers fully understand and appreciate that this is more analogous to a lawyer or a doctor doing a variety of different things in order to make you healthy or resolve your 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 risk or reduce your risk on a legal issue that drone service providers also are professionals and there's a lot more than flying the drone. Educating the customer is the, perhaps the biggest piece of the puzzle. I always believe that market demand will come when customers get to that certain level where they understand enough to where you're not having to educate them from the ground up, but they already know enough to understand that they want a professional grade service provider and what that means. So the next thing I want to talk about is is how to, def- to divide flight operations, sales, marketing, CEO activities as your service business grows. So you guys are you started a company, you you have this business. You have to run the business side of things in order to be successful. How is it as you grow and as you have your three and five year plan, how is it that you're you're intending to, to divide up the operations, the sales, the marketing and the, the true management activities uh, in in Kiva Creative? Well, uh, quite honestly, <laughs> we kind of jokingly say we're on duty 24 um, seven because we are and we handle everything between the two of us. It's all done in-house. We don't um, use QuickBooks. Uh, we don't do our own taxes. We have a CPA for that, which we absolutely need to protect us. Um, but everything is done. We've worked in uh, corporate world long enough, so we've got the skill sets to handle all of that. But, yeah, it's, you've got to be well-organized and manage different projects simultaneously. Uh, we're starting to finally get to the point where we're having repeat business. Um, recently, we've had three different uh, projects going on at one time. It, it was really exciting, um, <laughs> but it's also it's pretty demanding. But it, then again, it goes back to that passion. That passion behind you and it drives you. Um, it doesn't feel like work. You know, another thing that we did, <clears throat> we were originally down in Florida, and we, I have paid parents that live here on the lower part of the Outer Banks, and they wanted to age in place. So we made the decision after doing a due diligence on what was available in the area from both a video production and a drone-based business operation that this was an ideal place to come because it was ripe for um, having, you know, work here. Uh, So we made the decision to relocate this brand new business into an area that from everything on paper looked like was a, a great place to come to. 
Well, we got here and found out it's a depressed market. And I guess there's a reason why there's not a lot of video and drone operations in these areas. So we've constantly had to look at our marketing and advertising and demographics of our area and where we, you know, we, we ended up doing a lot of work back in Florida, you know, from North Carolina. <laughs> and we have continued to, we, we've tried to establish our foothold here so that we have a foundation, but we are constantly working, you know, out of our area, out of, out of the, the coastal area of North Carolina. And the other thing that we've done is expanding into markets where it is well-established. Wilmington being one of those is a, a film, um, one of the major film players in the um, state of North Carolina. And I mean, there's some major studios. I believe MGM has a major studio there. But because of the quality of our work, because of doing projects in those areas and, and other clients seeing the way that we work, developing strong customer service skills and building that portfolio, we we're able to go into this market that should be somebody else's to get. And yet we've gone in and we've been able to, to, to get those jobs and to continue to build those relationships and to get that repeat business, which is really building us a strong foundation. That's great. So we've been talking to Terry Brown and Cher Brown from Kiva Creative, K-E-V-A creative.com. Uh, they are storytellers using drones as one of their tools in order to make things happen from the ground up. This has been an edition of From the Ground Up, sponsored by Drone Law Pro and Drone Life, where we publish these shows each bi-weekly uh it, we publish them bi-weekly and we tell stories of real drone service providers out there making it happen in the field from the ground up that's what the show is all about and we'd really like to thank both terry and Cher for being on the show today until next time on drone law pro radio fly safe You've been listening to Drone Law Pro Radio. Visit us at dronelaw.pro. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on most podcast listening platforms, including your home devices, by searching Drone Law Pro. Don't forget to share this podcast on your social media and with your Part 107 friends. Until next time, fly safe. Fly safe.